That's a good thing. We had a good time last time. And I just want to also mention to you brothers that I can be interrupted. And as a matter of fact, I like it. I, I don't mind the interruptions. Uh, I, I don't mind the dialogue, a little bit of Q&A, because most important thing is that we share. Y'all know there's wisdom in the group, so that we share our, our ideas and whatnot. Uh, so feel free, if, if some, a thought is sparked and you want to you know, engage, you want to ask a question or whatever over anything I'm sharing today, don't hesitate uh, to do so. All right. Uh, what's up, Joe? Before you get started. Yes, sir. Who dressed you? Oh, Lord. I like it. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. I, Express, I think. I think this was Express. Yeah. Uh, but uh, again, man, I want this to be interactive, as interactive as possible. Well, as, as, as Kelvin said, um, you know, I, I'm going to give a little introduction of myself. I don't like doing that, but I'll go ahead and do that. Uh, I do pastor manifestations worldwide. Oh, made a mess. I do pastor manifestations worldwide, which is uh, uh, a nonprofit organization, not just a church, but we also focus on education, uh, you know, housing, afford creating affordable housing, creating jobs. My, my vision is to create 200 jobs um, through our organization. We currently employ over 40 people who work for us full time at manifestations worldwide. Uh, so that's a little bit about the organization. I'm the husband of one wife. I've been married. This August will be 31 years. I've been married to my wife. Amen. Uh, my kids are grown. Uh, one of them is married. So prospects of grandchildren is getting better each day. I'm, I'm feeling like something in the oven already. Y'all be in agreement with me. But. Um, you know, but it's a joy, man. To be to be still relatively young, you know, I'll be 52 in June, and healthy, and your kids are grown, you got all your money back, you know. I'm telling you, man, it's a good thing when you get all your money back. You know, you get, your, get them out of your pockets, you know. But it's a good thing, man. We're in a good space. Uh, my wife is turning 50 in August. I married her on her birthday. So she's turning 50, and it's our 31st anniversary on the same day. So now we're planning for that. You know, once you get the kids out of your pocket, then she thinks all the extra money belong to what she's doing. So that's what we're working through right now. It's, it's my joy to be able to help people with their process of coming to wholeness. Anybody in the room believe in prosperity? Yes. I believe in prosperity, coming to a prosperous space. Uh, we can talk about that a little bit if we need to. Uh, my wife and I, as I mentioned, we've been married 31 years. Uh, we've been together 34 years. So y'all know there's a whole lot of growth that's happening there. I'm not the same guy that my, my, my wife married, all right? Matter of fact, I was 18 years old. She was 16 when we got together. When I, married, when I met my wife, and started dating her. She was one of my girlfriends, right? I was a whole hoe, right? <laughs> so I'm not the same guy. You know, I've been 30 years with one woman, and I, that's not the guy that she met, all right? But there's a whole lot of transformation that has taken place in my life and in her life over all these years. You know what? You know, on, on the side note before we jump into this, y'all have heard the adage, 
couples that pray together stay together. Y'all ever heard that? It ain't true. I know people that pray together and they divorce right now and hate each other. All right? Wow. It ain't true. Couples that change together stay together. Come on, somebody. It's all about, it's all about somebody that will grow with you and adjust with you and adapt with you and change and keep changing. Yeah. You know when divorce, the divorce clock starts when somebody says they're not going to change anymore? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's me. <laughs> you say that's me? That's, no, I'm saying that's, 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 that's the same. Oh, this is who I am. I am who I am. Exactly. I am, I am who I am. This is just me, right? Well, is it possible that there's another version of me I haven't discovered yet? You see that? I'm not the same guy. See, my mentality is not the same. I'll give y'all an example. And I'm probably going to jump into this in just a moment when I prepare it. But I remember I told my wife when, uh, when we were dating. Now, mind you, she was one of my girlfriends when I told her this. I said, all right, now, you got to keep it together because I don't do fat chicks. <laughs> True story, right? Now, of course, two kids later, <laughs> all right, and my wife has, her, her shape has changed a bit from the time we first got together, right? So now you know what I had to do, brother? I had to go back and tell my wife, listen, I know I said that, but I've grown. And so now, you know, I said that from a vain position. I, matter of fact, you know what I told her? I said, that was porn talking. <laughs> True story. I told my wife, I said, that was porn talking. Because porn has you all caught up in the hourglass figure, you yeah. know, and now it's not an hourglass, more like a mayonnaise jar, you know. I mean, there's a transition that is taking place in the, in the, pro- in the process, right? But, but, it, but you learn to love, if you grow, as you grow, you learn to love deeper and to love not for vain reasons. I oh, come on, somebody. Isn't that right? As you grow, you love for, your love becomes less about image and form and more about substance. Yes, sir. Y'all got that? So, so I just want, those of you that are married, if you're married, it's couples that change together, that keep adapting together, that keep adjusting. Matter of fact, you don't love anybody you haven't gone through anything with. Come on, man. Come on, somebody. That, that's the way you know you love is that you're willing to go through stuff with somebody. But you covenant relationship, have you, have, have you locked into a process that's killing you? Yeah. Oh, come on, somebody. Y'all realize that you're going to have a thousand deaths before your marriage comes to where you want it to be? Awesome. you got to die a thousand times. You know, and I'll never forget going through all those changes in my relationship. And, you know, I'm the one now trying to do right and live right and be right and all that. And I go to God and, and y'all know, I take my list to God about everything she's doing wrong. You know, he never agreed with me. <laughs> <laughs> you ever prayed about what's wrong with your wife? You're, the Lord, the Lord, He never said you're right, and I don't like her either. <laughs> he never said that. This is what He said to me when I was the one trying to do right, and she just rebelling, right? You know what He said? I'm chipping rough edges off you. <laughs> I'm like, yes, so basically, yes, you're not even going to address what she dealt with. You know what He said? You are not her Holy Ghost. I never forget the Lord told me. He said, as long as your hands are on it, mine are. He said, I'm not going to change anything until you take your hands off the situation. I said, oh, basically, you want me to trust you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I want you to trust me that I will change her like I changed you. And I hear you, brother, because here's what I thought. How is this mentality going to change, though? He said, same way yours changed. Mm-hmm. See that? 
So I learned over this process of being married 31 years to the same woman that love works as long as you're willing to keep leaning into what love is. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to take note of this. Love is always give, and give is always love. If you don't give, yes. you don't love. So true. Love is give. God so loved the word that he gave, right? Love and give are synonymous. So how does relationship work? I have to keep offering my best self to her benefit. But I got to keep, watch it now. I have to keep offering my best self to her benefit. But I have to keep getting better between me and God. Y'all hear what I just said? Say, me getting better. Got nothing to do with her. She doesn't influence what I am. Oh, come on. I'm the farmer. We talked about that last time. I'm going to recover that, right? She doesn't, she doesn't influence what I am. I influence what she becomes. I'm the farmer. I'm the one planting. Come on, somebody. You know, I planted a seed in her 30 years ago, and it came out looking like me. His name is Mark Jr. <laughs> Isn't that right? Anybody else got kids look like you? What did you plant? A seed, and then out of the woman comes something looking like you. Now here's the, here's the key for you. That's the way it always works. Whatever you want from her, you got to sow in her. If you won't sow it, you can't see it. So literally, you know, like right now, my wife has become the woman I always wanted. <laughs> Two people got what I just said. My wife has become the woman I has become the woman I always wanted. After continuing to sow the seed, after continuing to sow the seed, then she becomes. Say I'm the farmer. I'm the farmer. And I'll, I'll, I'll expand on that a little bit later, right? So relationship is not about what I deserve. Love is not about what I deserve. It's about what I offer. Mm -hmm. So love is me continuing to offer my best self. Now becoming better is between me and God. Right. My wife has nothing to do with my best self. The best version of me, say the best version of me, best is between me and creator. Now, I want to offer that person to her and others. Now, you know, brothers, you know what I'm advocating for with this conversation? Quality life. If you want to live a quality life, you got to stop taking your cue of what to be from other people. Right. You're going to live a quality life, you got to stop taking your cue of what, how to be, what to be from other people. Yes, Say this between me and my creator. Now, and my so I want to offer a whole person in friendship. I want to offer a whole person in, in romantic relationship. I want to offer a whole person. So the person I offer, she's a benefit of the person I offer and my friends are, right? But being a better person, being the best version of me, that's between me and creator. See that? Now what that leads us into is quality of life. Say quality of life. Quality now of life. you know what flows out of quality of life? You ready for this? Prosperity. Come on, somebody. Yo, peace. Anybody want peace? Most men want peace. They just don't know how to have it. You ain't gonna have peace with somebody you want to talk to. <laughs> you realize your wife would rather argue with you than to have you say nothing? <laughs> it's like, I didn't see, see, why you always starting something? Just want you to talk. <laughs> She's doing that because you, watch it now. She's doing that because you intimidated with conversation that caused you to reveal what you're going through. Getting that quiet here. 
this church? She does that because up because honest conversation feels a threat to you. See, it's not a threat. You know, I, I was telling a brother recently who's going through something with his wife. I said, you got one question to ask yourself. When God said she's your helpmate, was he lying? Come on. Now, she's helping me in ways I don't want to be helped. That's the problem. <laughs> Ouch. That's the problem. Somebody say, she still might help me. She still might help me. She just over here helping me, right? I want her to help me with my marketing. God said, no, she's going to help you with your mentality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord Jesus. She, she, she holding up the business. God said, no, you holding up the business. Because I want a person with a better mentality before I give you that much money. Mm -hmm. Oh, come on. So you mad because she won't do the marketing. God said, but we're over here working on your mentality because I'm going to give millions to a person that got a bad mentality. Right. So really, who, the most help you had was not the girl at work that helped you out. That was your hindrance. Because God said, now you're moving faster than your character. Oh, my God. Yes, what if you would have stuck with your woman, she would have helped you with your mentality and did your marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, somebody. She make you what? Sustainable. Anybody want to be established? Yes, sir. Y'all want to be a one-hit wonder or you want to be established? Right, what? The only way you become established is you got to go through something with somebody you think you shouldn't have to go through. Yes. True. All right, here it is. I don't deserve this. Yes, you do. You need it. The thing you keep saying, I don't deserve, is actually the thing you need most. Watch this now. Say, I deserve, I deserve. is attached to a spirit of entitlement. Come on. I want it all without a process. Come on, somebody. And those who get, what happened to those who get it without a process? All right, think about it. They won $3 million in the lottery. How long they keep it? Less than what time? Less than five years. Less than five years. That's that's statistically true. Now why? Because they could never have made a million dollars. Oh, come on, somebody. They didn't have a mentality to create three million dollars. Wow. So they got a million dollars, but they couldn't keep it. Why? What was the problem? They're what? Mentality. Now, a person that has built an organization to be a million, million, right? That close person is sustained. Why? Because they've gone through process. They've worked through seasons. They've leaned into challenges. They stayed put when they wanted to run. They realize, say, trouble. Trouble. Trouble wants to, want, trouble is talking, just like trouble is talking to you. Trouble and here's what it's telling you. Level up. Level up. Trouble is talking to you. Here's what it's telling you. Learn something you don't already know. Trouble is talking. Here's what it's telling you. Hold on. Change is coming. You understand that? Trouble comes into your life to tell you one of three things. Level up, learn something, or hold on. You understand that? So it's those that are willing to go through a process. Say process. Process, process does not threaten a mature person. Okay? Why do people end up with the wrong person? Because they think they deserve somebody that will treat them a certain way, right? And they don't realize that the person you think you deserve is totally the wrong one for you. Oh my God. And the one you don't want to go through nothing is the right one, but it's just that they take you through this process you don't want to go through. All right, I can see y'all get nervous. Let me move on. All right, so say change. Change. 
As long as you are growing, you have to keep changing. Say, if I ain't changing, I ain't, changing. I ain't growing. Simple as that. So bless God for the person that takes you through changes. Oh, my God, help me. Because I'm supposed to change. You understand that? Change is indicative of growth. If I'm not growing, I'm not changing. If I'm not changing, I'm not growing. Change is indicative of growth. Does that make sense? So I, I wanna, I, I wanna put today. We're gonna put manhood under the microscope. All right, manhood under the microscope. And I'm gonna go back to something I was talking about a moment ago, and that is what a husband is. So we're gonna cover everybody in the room. All right, and I've I've talked about this before. There there are three versions of us. Say there's male, there's man. And there's husband. Now, those three are not the same thing. Those three are not the same thing. Okay? Male, and every one of them has to deal with maturity, expectation. Every one of them has to deal, here's another one. Every one of them have to do with capacity. Okay? Every one of us are male in this room, right? Sure. To be male, all you have to do is demonstrate masculinity. That's all. The expectation of a male is to be a male as opposed to a female. Right. right? So if your life is all about your masculinity, you may be a male but not necessarily a man. Right. See? Because say, say it's more than masculinity. Right? So when you see men that are always throwing their masculinity in front of women, that's not a man. That's just a male. See that? So, and we have to grow beyond just male into manhood. Now, manhood is, is primarily about, here it is, responsibility. Okay? And we're going to look at a, a 1 Corinthians 13, 10 says, when, but when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, right, immature, I spake like a child, I understood like a child, I thought like a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, what is that telling me? Say manhood, manhood. is defined by what I'm willing to put away. Manhood is defined. Listen, manhood is not defined by how many cars I have, how many women I got, how much money I got, right? Manhood is defined by what I'm willing to put away, okay? Manhood is demonstrated in maturity. And maturity is revealed by how willing we are to take responsibility. Now, if we're operating in manhood, say it with me, no one should have to make me take responsibility. You understand that? No woman should, if you got children, you ain't married, no woman should have to remind you about child support. Oh, come on, somebody. You stay with somebody, you live in a house that's not your own, you ought to automatically want to pay for something. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Ain't nothing in me would want, would want me to be a burden to somebody else. Isn't that right? That's just simple manhood that there ain't nothing in me that wants me to be a liability to anybody else. Does that make sense? So male, malehood, maleness, being a male is about masculinity. Being a man is about responsibility. But now for those of us, us, there are some of us that are husbands. We're the husbands in the room, right? Being a husband goes beyond responsibility True. to cultivation. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I told you guys this before. And I, actually, you guys are different now, so I can say it again. <laughs> different. That you guys have changed. 
But one of the things that I, I often talk about is that in Old Testament and in the New Testament, there is this word, if you read the Bible, called husbandman. Anybody read the word husbandman? Mm -hmm. Husband with the word M-A-N on the bottom, on, on the end of it, right? In both New Testament and Old Testament, the word husbandman means farmer. My God. That means, say, a husband is a farmer. Watch this now. A husband does not just create a relationship with a woman. He cultivates it. Come on, somebody. Now, don't get mad when she wants you to cultivate the relationship you create. Right. We're going to spend time together. What is she asking for? Cultivation. Why don't you talk to me about what's on your heart? What is she asking for? Cultivation. Right? We need to do vacation sometime, a date night. What is she asking for? Cultivation. And if you're a farmer, why would you create what you are unwilling to cultivate? Oh, my God. If you are a husband, you have to be a farmer. And a farmer is a cultivator. Cultivator. You understand that? Well, something's bugging her. Well, it's the farmer's job to get the bugs out. I'm tired of going through all this drama. It's the farmer's job to weed. It's the farmer's job to do the weeding. You can't just, you cannot just create. You got to cultivate. See, I do the weeding. I do the weeding. I do the pesticide. Right? I got to get the stones out. Oh, come on, somebody. See, I got to get the stones out. What do you mean by that? Stones are where other foundations for other things used to build, used to stand. Oh, my God. So there was already a building on that land, and they tore it down, but now there are stones. You know what that is? I've got to help my wife recover from the relationships that damaged her. Uh-oh. Your, if your wife was married before you, if your wife had someone before you, like boyfriend or whatever, lived in situation, guess who's going to have to do the work, oh Lord, mm -hmm. of helping her to recover from those broken foundations, what they were trying to build, her hopes were in that. Guess who's got to do the arduous work of helping her recover from that? Come on, say the farmer. Say the farmer, which is the husband, man. Husband is responsible for the stones, responsible for the weeds, responsible for the bugs, responsible for the seed, and responsible for the water. So, I, so I can't just yell out, I ain't that other guy that you... Doesn't work. Can't yell at the songs. It doesn't work. I'll try it. I'll try now, now watch this now. You can't say I'm not that other guy and certain days y'all look alike. Right? Say speeches don't work. Speeches don't work. Watch this now. But but consistency does. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now. Say, why should I be consistent? Because be being this is between me and my creator. It ain't got nothing to do with it. She's the beneficiary of what I'm becoming. Say it with me. She's the beneficiary of what I am becoming. Say it again. She's the beneficiary of what I She's not the motivator of what I am becoming. See, that's too low. See, I could do better if I had a good woman. Then you don't know what better is. That's right. If your why is attached to the woman, then what are you going to do when you ain't got one? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do when she's malfunctioning? Well, what are you going to do when she's on her period? Mm -hmm. 
What are you going to do when she get old and she start going through menopause? <laughs> My wife can't be attached to her. Right. A man's behavior should not be a slave uh, to a, a woman's behavior. That, yeah. That's not how it works. Y'all understand that? You know, I never. I went through a season that seven year itch. Anybody know about a seven year itch? <laughs> well, your wife looking at your your. This is what it comes down to. Seven year itch, right? We're like, oh my God, this is permanent. <laughs> you know what the seven year itch is? Realize that all your options are gone. <laughs> my wife said, I hate. My wife wake up and say, I hate you. You know what the Lord told me? Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Mm. Say just the opposite. I said, I love you. Mm. She said, I wish I would have never married you. I said, I'm glad I married you. She said, I'm leaving. I said, I'm staying with you. <laughs> True story. <laughs> don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. You know what God said? I don't want you to be a slave to what your wife goes through. We can't have two emotional people in this marriage. Listen. One of the most important things for a man is that you be rational when she's being emotional. Ask yourself, do I, if before I get ready to say this, because I know it's slick and I know it's going to hurt her, she's going to cry after what I'm going to say. Alright? Because we calculate. We're like, I know what to say to make you cry. Right. Make you get up off me. <laughs> but here's what you ask yourself. Before I say these words, do I want the harvest that can come from saying yeah. these words? It's coming. It's coming. And a full Anybody would want a man like me. Oh, brother, you should have never said that. <laughs> oh, Lord, brother, you you should have, you you just you just unleashed two years worth of struggle over whether she has value to you or not. With wow. one word, you said anybody would want a man like me. You don't know how many chicks I got to fend off of me. Oh man, those words, those words. You you gonna stay up some nights over those words? <laughs> you still love me? You finna stay up? You finna have some long conversations when you gotta work the next day. Oh, man. Now guess who started that conversation? You did. Because the farmer didn't think about that. Say seeing is sowing. Whatever you say, you sow. Remember the rule. You plant something in her, it's gonna come out looking like you. That's the rule. She's just a womb man. She's just taking in whatever you put in there and then showing it to you. Your kids ugly? Look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got no ugly kids. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever say you got ugly kids, cause that's you. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all got that? Say husband. Man. Husband. So as a husband man, I'm a farmer. Say I'm a farmer. Listen, so I'm responsible. I'm most responsible for what we're cultivating here. Hello? I'm most responsible. Now, God has anointed her to help me. That's what it comes down to. So I, I've learned, whenever she's going through something, I, I've learned to ask God, how is this helping me? <laughs> Not, why did you give me this? That's the wrong question. <laughs> That's the wrong question. The right question is, how is this helping me? So when you feel mad, like, you stop and go, Lord, how is this helping me? And you, and you get quiet. You know what he'll tell you? He'll tell you how it's helping you. If you can hear him, he'll tell you exactly how it's helping you. Especially when it's painful, brothers. Y'all got that? You don't love nobody that ain't going through, you haven't gone through pain with. Does that make sense? 
All right. So maturity is what makes the difference between male, man, and husband. Maturity, as I mentioned a moment ago, is demonstrated in what we put away. Y'all got that? Not what other people require of us, but what we put away. Y'all got that? Tell me what a man has put away for the sake of others, and I'll tell you whether he's modeling manhood or not. Now, this, I want to show you something here as we break down the First uh, Corinthians 13 that I read, 10 and 11. This word perfect, when that which is perfect has come, is the word teleos, which means full grown or of a full age. It means mature. So maturity and manhood are synonymous. With manhood, there are several things that come from manhood. First of all, it says that which is in part is put away. That word part is the word neros. It me listen to what it means. Individuality. Oh, God, help me. Individuality. Anybody married again? Raise your hands if you're married again, right? You ever notice that as a married person, you can never think as an individual again? Everything I do, I got to think about her first. Come on, somebody. Everything I do. And then when my kids are younger, I got to put her and them before I even get to think of I get to think about me if there's anything left over to think about me. Oh, God help me. Now, you know, what I, you know who I just described to you? A man who God obligates himself to support. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Somebody shout, I'm on child support. I'm on child support. No, I am being supported as a child of God. Why? Because I chose to put the people I'm responsible for before myself. See that? That's what it means to, that, that word teleo, that's what that word means. It means I don't say, I no longer think as an individual. Come on, somebody. I no longer think as an individual. I'm thinking about her and them before I even consider myself. That makes sense? All right. What's That's the that word apostle? What's who? That one, the uh, teleos is T-E-L-E-I-O-S. It's maturity. All right. The word part is meros, M-E-R-O-S. It means individuality, which is thinking only of self is gone. Our individuality, that's not even a concept anymore in my mind. You understand that? Like people that, that you want to be married say, I'm going to just do me. That, but that doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work at all. You don't, you don't get to just do you. That's over. Y'all got that? He says our speech changes, Right. We can tell whether we're exhibiting manhood by how we speak. All right. And what should we hear is responsibility, right? Not avoiding responsibility, not avoiding processes that are going to help us to deepen our relationship. Y'all got that process that are going to make us connect on a deeper level, right? All right. I'm, I'm going to deal with something in the room that I felt right there. So. You're in a relationship with a woman who no one would trust you, so you have a whole lot of arguments with her just because she's afraid. She don't trust you, right? Thank you. I know I felt it, right? So then watch this now. I'm going to tell you how to get trust back. Cat. Write down the word cat. C-A-T. This is how you get your trust back. So it's right. You don't need another woman. You need to learn how to get this one to trust you again. <laughs> okay? Throw this one away. You're going to go through the same process again. <laughs> Wherever you are, it keeps finding you. Say, wherever I go, wherever there I, I am. am. There I am. All right? I don't need an improved relationship. I need improved relational skills. So here it is. How do I get my trust back, right? And then, first of all, before you get the cat, stop acting like you don't know how you lost trust. 
Ouch. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You know how you lost trust. And it wasn't, it wasn't just what you did. Because think about all the stuff. You didn't get caught, but she knew. <laughs> You're responsible for what she felt because she was right. Even when she wasn't, even when she didn't catch you, she was right. When she could prove it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> how do I get my trust back? I'm moving there. How do I get it back? C is for consistency. You know, I said this to my leadership team a little bit earlier. You are not disrespected because of proximity. You're disrespected because of duplicity. Wow. Hello? People are not disrespected because of who's close to them and commonness. You are disrespected when you are presenting one thing, but you're, you're acting, you're doing something totally different. It's duplicity. Say duplicity. It's attached to disrespect. Okay? You said you was coming home, but it takes 20 minutes to get from work to home, and it took you two hours with no explanation, and you turn off your Apple search thing. <laughs> Hello. So consistency. Now here's the second thing, accountability. All right? If you ever, listen, anybody, raise your hand if you want to get better as a person, right? Now, those of you that are doing well, raise your hand if you're doing well, right? Can you really do well without accountability? No, nope. You can't do it at all. Compound accountability is only a threat when you have a seed of dishonesty in you. Wow. Oh, girl, you tripping. Why are you asking all these questions? <laughs> Why are you asking all these questions? Right? Because you're demonstrated that you're untrustworthy. Something in your eyes looks shady. Handshake ain't matching your smile. Handshake ain't matching your smile. Right? Yeah. Accountabilities do not threaten honest people. Accountabilities don't threaten people of integrity. Right or right? Okay, right. say I'm an open book. You understand that? The, the, okay, here you go. Right? Watch what you do. Every time you, you, every time you come near her, you do this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what I'm telling you. That's a red flag. That's a red flag. That's a stupid red flag. <laughs> No, brother, turn that thing up. Uh, <laughs> right? You you throwing you throwing out signals you can't be trusted. Oh, come on, somebody. Right. So accountability. I'm accountable to her. She's accountable to me. We're accountable to each other. I ain't gotta tell you where I'm going. Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. That's right. And when I'm coming back, and who I'm with. Thirty-one years later. That's what we do. I know where my wife is. I know who she's with. I know what she's doing. My wife knows where I am. She knows who, who I'm with. She knows what I'm doing. 31 years later, because accountability are, is normal to relationships of integrity. Y'all got that? Account accountability is normal. It's a norm. You don't have to be shady, right? In, in relationships of integrity and accountability, there's no shadiness. It, here's where I am. Here's what it is. I'm an open book. Y'all got that? Here's the T in cat. Transparency. All right? Now, if you're in a relationship, now, married or in a relationship, and another woman has come on to you, I want you to raise your hand. All right? Now, are they online? All right. He lied. He lied. He lied. Because some of our wives is looking, so we like, 
No, I said seven. There we go. Lay low, right? But now uh, he just got married like last year, uh, the year before. So now watch this now. But but the question is this: When another woman came on to you, right? Did you tell your wife? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Transparency. Well, <laughs> God, I ain't gonna lie. I, I said thank you. I'm married, but. I, <laughs> But my, my soul felt good, and I was like, if I tell my wife, she's going to see that happiness. Like, right. so that other woman made you feel this way? You walk in this house like this. I'm going to keep quiet. I appreciate you, sister. What are you trying to harvest later? Right? So conversations happen in my mind. I don't know how old are you? I'm 43. 43? Yeah. So 43. Well, I've been married four years, so, you know, okay. I, I'm catching up to what you're saying. I got you. Hey. So you're over 40. I'm, I'll be 52 this June, yeah, right? I'm over 40, yeah. So you're over 40. When you're over 40 and a woman come on to you, right? Or she's a trespasser, she's a trap. I still got it, Tommy! <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. The, the stones and, and the other guys, and because the other guy said he still had it too, and he ended up cheating on me. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I now have to pay for those, you know, that tore down building that's now stone. That's what you're yeah. talking about. You know what I mean? So you think the other guy was transparent about when women came on? Probably not. Nah. Nah. Mm -hmm. So if you're not transparent, then you feel like much of the same. You think your wife know you were typing? I hope.
Guess the opposite of what you're thinking. It is the transparency that deepens the relationship and heals her of wounds. You understand that? A lot of arguments you have, you're not, she's not arguing with you. She's arguing with who she had before you. Oh God, y'all hear me? So it's like, guess what this girl said? I was offended. And you know what your you know what your wife will tell you, especially if she knows I knew it. See, because she already got the radar. Remember, God, God has got she's helped me, right? Right. That means she's got sensitivity to threats in your environment. If your secretary attracted to you, your wife already know. She got sensitive. She was built by God with sensitivity yes, to threats in your environment. Yes, sir. Stop acting like you don't know it. Mm. <laughs> oh God, help! You know I blame. You blame who? Tyler Perry. We was living good. Tyler Perry, come along. Let all the secrets out, like bro. Come on, man. And then Steve Harvey, come on, Steve Harvey, like, come on, boys. Oh yeah, I know, I know. Yes, sir. I heard this thing one time. He said, if you don't hurt their feelings, they gonna think it's okay. And that that stuck in my mind, like when the women come on to, mm -hmm. right? So, so I tried it a couple times, right? And I know I, I was being, I was being dishonest when I raised my hand. I apologize. So I tried and she she you knows she was trying to get a little flirty eyes and I looked at her like I'm straight, you know, I kept it moving. And I and then one of them spoke to me and, and I just didn't respond, kinda like gave her like a funny look and just kept and it felt good within my and I told my wife. And and it felt good. It made, it made me know that because I used to be cheated. You know, I used to I used to have plenty of women and all that. So it made me feel more secure within myself. Like, you know, I'm not a cheater no more. So I'm able to stay faithful. Exactly. So I'm not that guy anymore. I'm not that guy. I don't have to be that guy. I'll come to you, Joe. But if you, as an older man especially, aging men have battles that younger men would never understand. Okay? I'm, I'll be 52 this year. Aging men have battles that younger men would never understand. But there's something you like, all right, so that little, that little attract, like, ah, I got it, man, I still got it. Bam, I knew it, right? You don't want to go home with that. You don't want to leave that there. Because if you leave that narrative there, it becomes an option when there's a crisis. Right. See it again. Wow. And here's one of the things. If you're ever going to live intentionally and prosperously and in sobriety, you've got to get rid of all your other options. See, my, my marriage is terminal, okay? That means someone has to die. <laughs> In my mind, my marriage is terminal, right? Uh, it's, it's a permanent relationship. Now, let me show you something. Why people aren't willing to do the work they need to do to enrich their relationship. Just throw them away and get another one. Why they aren't willing to do so? Because the permanency of the relationship has never settled in. See, when it's permanent, if you know the car you got is the only one you will ever have, are you gonna do the maintenance? Absolutely. You won't do it. You be like, oh, I heard something, pull it over, check it out. Right? You're hypervigilant. If you know this is the last one I'll ever have, you're hypervigilant with going toward any little squeak. You don't run from it, you go towards it. Right. So when she starts squeaking, you don't run from her. Mm -hmm. Oh, y'all got me? Mm -hmm. You go toward it because Sarah is permanent. Yeah. 
The ter- this is a terminal relationship. It, I married right. In my mind, marriage is between two people that one of them will bury the other one. So now, the point I'm making, if you knew your car was the last one you would ever have, you would never be permitted to get another one, you would always do the maintenance. Isn't that right? You be driving slow. You ain't burning no rubber. You ain't burning no rubber. You, the brakes, right? You like stop real slow before you get even 200 feet to the light. You like stop real. I ain't gonna mess nothing up on this car. Why? Because it's permanent. So you're gonna do the maintenance because it's permanent. Isn't that right? What I see when your relationship, how do you know that your relationship, you really see your marriage as a terminal relationship, I've met my vow, you're willing to do the work. You're not running from the work. Absolutely. It's like when my wife, right? My wife's an outgoing person. She's the life of the party. I'm happily boring. I am. I'm boring, but I'm happy being boring. I'm an introvert, she's an extrovert, right? So this is all assignment. I don't even like being in crowds of people, right? I'm very ingoing, I'm very introverted. This is all assignment, right? So, so now watch this now. So my wife, she's a talker. She used the she used the space between my her mouth and my ears is for her to talk. That's what she thinks that space is for, right? So when my wife want to play the silent treatment with me, she mad. She want to be silent. I look at her. And I said, now listen. <laughs> you and I both know who this silence is hurt. <laughs> you and I know who this hurt. So whatever you say, whatever you got to say, just go ahead and say what you got to say. You know what I said? Bring it on. Mm-hmm. Bring, let's talk about it. Whatever you got going on, let's talk about it. Because I'm enjoying the silence. I know you're not. So let's just have the discussion. How, however awkward it is, uncomfortable, no matter what it's going to demand of me, even if, even if she's going to blame. You understand that? All right. Blame only intimidates you when it's true. Oh, Lord Jesus. Blame only intimidates you when it's true. <laughs> Brother, look at you up here, man. <laughs> I didn't do an the car right there. <laughs> All right, Joe, you had it. Was it Joe? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's the question? So, since we uh being truthful here and all this other stuff. Yes, sir. Um, situation on yesterday, right? So I had some, some cheating things years ago, whatever the case may be, where you know I used to be playing all those different things. So I have made up in my mind now, no matter what, how it looks, mm-hmm. my job is just to be the husband that my wife desires me to be and who I know to be. Yesterday was a second time for a young lady to come to my shop mm-hmm. and look, look so innocent and so whatever the case may be. She came for the second time, and this time she had on some very, 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 very short shorts. Mm. She was Korean, barely spoke English, mm. was very attractive because of all the other little people, right? Mm-hmm. Because I knew she was attractive, I was avoiding her. So there was a spot where <laughs> she ran around the shop. <laughs> <laughs> Over, I'm like, mm. ah. And as soon as I said, nope, I'm not looking, my phone rung. 
My wife said, hey, how you doing? Mm. I'm not doing anything. The radar. You know, I'm just, that radar. Felt, <laughs> she felt that I was trying to avoid. I, I mm -hmm. felt as though she felt I was trying to avoid a young lady. And with that being said, it's just I feel like you said my wife already knows. Absolutely. She is. Listen. Did you tell her? I'm not gonna tell Because when she said, she was 
was trying to reach her, what legs was wide open. And I'm like, oh, so you don't think she knew? She didn't she know what she was doing. Oh, detail. Really? Oh, How many of y'all believe that a woman doing that don't know what she's doing? I'm telling you, listen, okay. you actually, you actually, you actually, through accountability, okay, you strengthen your resolve to stay where you need to be. Yes. That's number one. Okay. Accountability to your wife. You strengthen your resolve. Okay. Right? But here's another thing that happens in your relationship. Your wife goes, now listen, I know you go through something at some time. When you reveal it, she's like, yeah, I do it. Okay. And then it, de it does just the opposite of what you think. It deepens your relationship. Mm -hmm. It deepens your trust, right? And it, it increases your ability to remain accountable when it comes to your relationship. Okay. You see? So that don't mean she shouldn't even want to short short. This girl, bro, frame it how you did it. This, hey, but this, this girl tried me at the shop today. Yeah. Tell her like you told her. And your wife was like, what she had on? I don't even remember what she had on. But I'm just saying. Now, now, you know what? When you've been, let me show you When you've been married over 30 years, which I have, right? Okay, my wife don't even give me a chance, right? My, we sit in the restaurant, all right, like, she got a nice shape, don't she? I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a setup. Oh, she all right. She all right. <laughs> <laughs> she got that on you. Man, what are we gonna say there? My new move is like, man, you should get an outfit like that. You will look fly in there. Oh, that. no, no, no. Like, nah, not her, not her, not her. That dress, the way it just has sequins to it, you talked about that, right? It don't work. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. I've tried to move where I see a girl. And I've already had my head positioned over there to wait for her to walk by, so I don't know. Cause See, it was our, still a told me. <laughs> See, you still a no, no, no. My wife told me I seen that girl a mile ago. Absolutely. Oh, I knew what you were doing. Head to toe. They, they already checked them out. They already checked them out. She broke it down. As my stupid butt sitting here like, okay, here comes a butt. Here comes a butt. I see it. Yes. Hey, you know what? This is the thing we got. We have to get comfortable with admitting that attraction is normal. Yes, yes sir. Yes. It's normal, right? Perversion is abnormal. Yeah. Attraction is normal, right? But what, back to what I was saying to Joe, secrecy is yourself. Yeah. Wherever you got a secret or a lie, the enemy got an open door to walk into your life and eat your lunch. Secrecy is the enemy. So expose, if you think about this, brothers, right? If you marry, every night you lay down to someone who could take your life. Mm -hmm. If you sleep as hard as I do, she can take it ten times, <laughs> right? It doesn't get any more vulnerable than that. That's right. So you, you're fine with the fact this person could end your existence on the planet, but afraid to reveal that you're attracted to someone or afraid to reveal that somebody came on to you? Wow. It doesn't make sense. Fear makes you really illogical. The worst thing can happen is she can take your life while you sleep. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have to be mindful that not all women are the same. They feel somewhat the same. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're encouraged to dwell with her according to 
Right. You don't say to one what you might say to the other. Right. Because if you study her, you'll know how to talk to her. Mm -hmm. and, and you'll know her language. Mm -hmm. You can know how far to be transparent, but be transparent, period. Right. Because they respect a man who's open and transparent and honest and consistent as opposed to a flaky hiding person all the time. Well, I, mm -hmm. I care about your feelings. No, <clears throat> be open with her because if you be open with her, she will, she, will, she will honor you and trust you and respect you even if she don't really know how to. And you have to discern what stage of growth she is. Exactly. Yeah. Because there are things I can say to my wife right now Ardell better not try saying his. Mm -hmm. See, there, she's in a different stage of growth. So you gotta know, okay, I can say it's not her because she's grown to this place where she's now taking the wrong way and you know, and take it negatively. David? Uh, I was asking, the question is, like you, when you start to marry, you, you got a relationship with Jesus. You got married, everything <clears> you learned, <throat> you had to learn on the train. So all the principles <clears throat> and everything with marriage you live with, you learn from the words, you had to learn. Right. Life. If there were two principles that you could possibly say you wish you would encounter before you enter covenant that would help you in covenant, what would be those two principles? Well, first of all, I got married before I got saved. Yeah. So I did not marry with principles. So you had to readjust. I had a year into my marriage, I got saved. A year later, I had read the Bible in its entirety, and I decided I was going to apply God's principle to my marriage and how to do marriage. I didn't know how to do this. In my, for example, just back to sexuality, right? In my mind, I'm telling you, brother, in my mind, there was no room for monogamy. I'm telling you, there was, I wasn't brought up thinking that you were supposed to be uh, only committed to one woman. Until I read the Bible. I'm like, how? You know? So, I, so, again, so principle brought forth that prosperity, relational prosperity. Because I did apply the principle of scripture to how I engaged my marriage, dealt with my mentality, dealt with covenant, here, covenant relationship, right? Principle changed everything. Apart from principle, I would have been left to the examples around me, which were not great examples. So I, we didn't get, we were both, we, you know, we were just, you know, we were just, yeah, we were just doing life. And I got up one day and said, let's go get married. And she said, all right. And, <laughs> We went down to the courthouse and got married with the Bush Garden for our, our, uh, our um, honeymoon. True story. Got on one day, said, let's get married. We went down to the courthouse and got married. You understand that? But it wasn't until a year after that that I actually came to Christ and then started building our lives. So I do have the latitude of having, by 92 to now, I've been building a life on principle. It makes a, it makes a world of difference. Yeah. Make sense? Yes. Now, the, the one thing that I, if I look back, at my old self engaging marriage for the first time. One of the first things that I would tell myself from the beginning is that if I'm going, if I'm going to have a prosperous marriage, it's got to be a principled marriage. Okay? Got to have, got to have a standard. Principles create prosperity. And when I say prosperity, I'm talking about everything going well and everything flowing the way it's supposed to flow. So don't try to be married. Don't try to have a relationship without principle. Unprincipled relationships will not bring forth the kind of fruitfulness that any man is going to want in life. Okay? Now, the second thing that I would tell myself is that it's better to hear God and be led by Him than to try to do what she. My wife, I never forget, my wife had this make me happy list. 
Somebody gonna know what I'm talking about, right? So my wife, yeah, my wife said, if you do all these things, I'll be happy. Now, I'm administrative. So I like checking stuff off lists, right? Say that list out in no time. What did my wife do? Made a new list. And I came to my house, I announced to her, I said, that's it. I said, I said, that's it. I said, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make your list. I said, not my job to make you happy. I said, I'm through doing all that. Either you're going to be with me or you're not. Right. I said, but I'm not, I'm not trying. I said, I ain't walking on eggshell for you no more. Right. Okay? That was the day I quit yeah. doing her list right. and made my behavior between me and God. And here's what I learned, right? If I'm, if I'm God's man in my marriage, mm -hmm. I'm doing marriage by his design, design is intent, it's a foolish woman that won't respond to that. It's a foolish, if I'm doing the marriage the way the designer of marriage designed it, only a foolish woman would respond to that. Does that make sense? So I, I never forget. I'm like, that's it. I'm done with your list. I ain't doing it no more. You see? All right, so that's what I would, I would tell my, my old self, you know, from the beginning, is to uh, put your orientation. It's got to be between you and creator. How much time do I have left? Okay, all right. Make sense? All right, so third thing that changes with, with manhood, growing into manhood, your understanding. Manhood is seen in how you reason, right? How you reason, how you embrace or engage responsibility, how you process change, how you deal with disagreements. What do you do, what do, you do when you hear no? Oh, God. For example, what do you do when you hear no? Call up the side chick is what you do. Right? That's not manhood. Oh, Lord, it got quiet again. What do you call them? Sneaky links? What do you do when you, oh, what do you do when you hear no? Another story. Go to another story. Let me, let me, so, I'm, no, I got another story. So, God, whenever God wants to deal with pride, anybody remember walking in pride? Just three of us, all right? Whenever God wants to deal with pride and insecurity, he marries it. He married him. My marriage was designed to kill my pride. Oh, Jesus, help me. My marriage, I don't know about yours, bros. My marriage was designed to kill my pride as revealed by my selfishness. Anybody else very selfish as a, right, before you came? I was very selfish. And, and stingy. I was selfish and stingy. My marriage was designed to kill it. Y'all see why I had to say? Because I realized my marriage was designed to kill my, my pride. Now, at the same time, my marriage was designed to kill her insecurities. Mm -hmm. Now, both of them are dying if we stay locked in the covenant. Yes, oh, my God help me. Both of those are dying. Her insecurity, my pride. Mm -hmm. God's bringing balance through the covenant. Y'all got that? So I never forget, right? That pride says, you know, if this woman ain't acting right, man, I just, she don't want to do nothing, man, just go to somebody else. That's what pride said, ego, right? And perversion, right? I never forget being married, and now remember, I'm coming from this background Well, I ain't never had just one woman. I always had a few. Never forget, one time I had three girlfriends named Felicia. True story. Three girlfriends named Felicia around the same time. <laughs> How is that possible? 
God, God delivered me of the sexual perversion and caused sex to become normally and mutually desired. You understand that? Normal and mutually desired. But now see, we're talking about being willing to work through the process. God, God married you to somebody. He expected you to be a medium through which they came to healing and wholeness and deliverance. But well, the question is, do you care about their healing more than your needs? Come on, brother. Isn't that right? Y'all get that? Now, you know why I had to go through that? Because somebody's going through that. And you need to understand what's going on right now so the enemy don't manipulate you into perversion. Because the enemy's always trying to, brothers, the devil's always trying to set you up. I'm telling you, he's always trying. He is committed. Listen, he is committed to your ruin. He's always trying to set you up. 50% of every battle is understanding what you're dealing with. The other 50% is learning how to act once you know. All right? Dave, what are you going to say? On the same page, even for the single man, I know sex ain't supposed to be the topic I stop there, but when you see it, if you can't be concerned about her purpose, her calling, and, and her destiny now, could you correlate that to the same way as you say you have to be concerned about her healing and her being done? It's something that a single man engaged in a woman expected her to be wife. He needs to be concerned about now that it showed his same restraint. Absolutely. Whenever you drag a woman into sexual interactions, minus covenant relationship, you damage them in the process. You damage them in the process. That is showing I have no value for you. I only use you for what I need and then discard you. And we, as, as men of standard, we should want to make sure, why would I engage you? When I, if I know I'm not in that space, why would I take you to that place? If I know I ain't ready to be nobody's husband, why would I pop your soul open like this? You don't just pop legs open, you pop souls open. Why would I pop your soul open like this? When I know I'm not even in a space where I'm ready to be nobody's husband. Why would I do that? Other than absolutely causes damage every time. It, it absolutely causes. I said this in our leadership meeting this morning, right? Everybody here, if, if, if one of the things that that characterizes those who understand leadership. Anybody know when you really are a leader, you want to be an asset to everybody you engage. You don't, anybody want to be a liability to people? Does anybody want to be a liability? I don't want to leave you worse than you were when I came. I hope after this conversation, you guys are better as a result of this meeting, right? Hopefully you know something you didn't know before. You can apply something you didn't apply before, right? I want to be an asset, not a liability. Now watch this now. That's the way we think, what we should think when we engage in these women out here in these streets. Why would I pop you open? And I'm not just talking about her legs. That's the easy part. Mm -hmm. Women are easy these days. I'm not, why would I pop your soul open knowing I'm not a husband? Mm -hmm. yeah, what do you mean, what do you mean I'm not a husband? I'm not in the space where I'm ready to, I'm ready to cultivate anything with anybody for a lifetime. Is it disturb the ground? Disturb the ground, right? Disturb the peace. Become, become more of what has already traumatized these women, and then wonder why all of them seem mad. Mm -hmm. We want is you got black, black. What do you call it? Angry, uh, angry black women. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you know how many times that ground has been disturbed? Mm -hmm. You know how much seed has been planted into that soul? Mm -hmm. You understand that? That's definitely, that's, that's oh, God help me. There's, there's more trouble. And then, and then that trouble now is going to become, that trouble is indicative of trauma that has never been resolved. And so you're dating somebody that's got a lot of trauma. 
because of all these other people who dated without direction. And the ground itself refused good seed. Y'all got that? All right. So another thing that I'm about to wrap up. So another thing that changes with growth and maturity is say my thoughts. All right. My thoughts are changing. Manhood is seen also in where our thoughts linger. So here's you got to ask yourself, brothers, where do your thoughts linger? Where do your thoughts hang out? Okay. Where do your thoughts linger? Do your thoughts hang out at sex? Do they hang out at fame? Do they hang out in the street? Do they hang out in toys? Okay? Where do your thoughts linger? Okay? Because realistically, when it comes to manhood, and especially being a husband, if that's the space you're in, right? Shouldn't you be thinking about vision? Come on. Should you be thinking about something that's going to improve the quality of life of your family? Should you be thinking about legacy? What will I leave behind that will continue to be a blessing to future generations? Should you be thinking about wholeness and things that are going to, that are going to again, change the overtones and directions of your relationship? Should you be thinking about the sacrifices necessary to shift the paradigm of your life so that you're able to live and bring your family into a quality place? See, one of the things that is revealed... Uh, One of the things that is a revealer of your condition is where your thoughts linger. Y'all got that? So that's why you should ask yourself, where where does my mind park on a daily basis? Okay? All right? And if your, man, if your your mind is parked, oh, how am I going to get some booty today? I'm telling you, you living in the dungeon. You living it, you are, you are in the worst state a man could ever be in if that's the best you can do with a perfectly good mind. That's the worst state to be in. Y'all got that? You know, if you read Think and Grow Rich, y'all ever read that book? Think and Grow Rich talks about the transmutation of sexual energy. You know what he's talking about? Imagine taking all the passion you put into sex and put it in your business plan. My God. Imagine taking all the passion and energy you put into sexuality and put it in your strategy. Then you really would accomplish something. That's called the transmutation of sexual energy. Think and grow rich. Napoleon Hill. If you haven't read that, brother, you should read that book because it's, it's absolutely transformative to the thinking process of men that want to, not just men, but people who want to get in another space from a financial standpoint. Now, he says, lastly, right, he says... I thought of the chapter one. When I became a man, I put away. Say, I put it away. I put away childish things. So that word becoming became is the word genomai. It means to come into existence. You know what it also means? To come to that stage. So manhood is about coming to that stage of putting away the things that are not in alignment with this condition that we're in. As I mentioned a moment ago, manhood is also about legacy, using our influence to create opportunities for other people, using our lifetime to frame the next generation. Y'all realize we should be concerned about that? We should be using our lifetime to frame the next generation. I think that's what Kelvin's doing. I think that's what he's doing. Come on, somebody. Y'all realize what, what he could be doing? But using his lifetime to frame future generations through these kind of engagements, that's what should be, that's what men should be doing. All right? Now, as I mentioned lastly, a husbandman 
The husband is a creator cultivator. That means we don't just start businesses, we cultivate them. We don't just create marriages, we cultivate them. We don't just create friendships, we cultivate them. We don't just make kids, we cultivate them. We are caretakers. We tend to those we are responsible for like shepherds. We serve the interests of others. Say, when I serve the interests of others, God is interested in me. You know, the, the simple truth, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to close with this and let y'all have any more questions. We've got a few minutes left, right? This is what I've discovered in almost 52 years of life and in 31 years almost of marriage. I have discovered that putting others first has put me in a very, very, very powerful position because I feel like I'm on, I'm, I'm on God's child support. I literally feel like God has called it so that things conspire for selflessness. When a person is selfless, God causes things to conspire, work together for the good of that person. Now, why am I saying that? Because there are some of us brothers, we get so concerned about how I'm going to come up. Come on. How I'm going to come up to you walk over other people in your come up. Don't walk over other people in your come up. Matter of fact, when our mind is in the right place, it's not just about me coming up. It's about bringing up others. Come on. It's about bringing up others in the process of purpose. So I'm walking out fulfilling my purpose. And my purpose, the way I know it came from the divine source, God, is because it blesses other people when I actualize it. Does that make sense? All right. We have any questions or, or comments before we close, before I, I move out the way? I, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Bro, y'all have anything before we wrap up? Anybody got any questions? I have a question for you again. This is for me. From, if you could remember, that year that you were married from, before you start studying the word, what was your transition of mind like when you got married then, what the marriage, what were you looking for, what the marriage looked like to you, to what you see, what the word painted to be? Was there a change or did you already understand? No, I, I sucked in marriage the first year of marriage. Because, again, I'm coming from the rule, the rules of my history. You know what the rule of my history was? There are no rules. So marriage was only for the sake of family, you and your kids. It wasn't I, my I married my wife, honestly, I married my wife stubbornly. And what I mean by that is this. I'm like, I don't want your family in our business. I'm going to marry you because my wife don't say nothing about our business. We just do what we want to do. Don't be talking about our business, right? So my, my first year of marriage, it wasn't nothing about biblical principle or living for God. I didn't even know how to be married. Yeah. It wasn't, I'm telling you, it wasn't until I got married in 91. In 92, I came to Christ. That is where my life changed. That is where my marriage changed because my mentality began, began changing. Right. After I started studying the word, now all of a sudden, why is it now? I, now I'm telling you, when I found the word of God, and then, too, after that, we were broke. We both came from poverty. I found the word of God. I knew our lives would change. I, I told my wife, I said, our lives will never be the same. I said, our whole lives are going to change. I said, you know what's in this book? I said, I'm like, Martha. <laughs> I, I, found all out, I found all out on the farm, right? I knew the word of God would change our lives because I knew when I read it, I'm like, this is not the word of man. This is the word of God. So I began applying those principles. 92, that's where my marriage began to change. When my sense. mentality began to change my orientation of the scripture. Make sense? First year, the first year of marriage, I, it was why did I get married? 
I'm thinking about everything I got to give up now. I'm mad, right? I'm true, true, true story. All right, any other questions? Anybody else? Y'all good? Have you been blessed today? Has this been, amen, has this been your understanding? Thank you guys once again for your time. I hope I've added value to your lives. Kevin, thanks again, man, for inviting me to be a part of this. I'm glad to be a blessing. All right. All right, and now we should, we should all have to keep close to next week. We got a lot of today, so everybody can be able to enjoy it. But no, we super appreciate um, a lot of our um, network to really remember that we make it today. But, it's open to all black men, but what's most important is that, you know, those of us are all black men get together to presence in our community. We gotta be a presence in the schools. We gotta be a presence where these people are making decisions about this city. And so that's really what our entire focus and our entire goal is. And then most importantly, supporting each other. I mean it's you know it's